Thank you for tuning in to the Springs Church Podcast. Here, you'll find messages that are powerful, inspiring, but most importantly, straight from the Word of God. If you're located near Tacoa, Georgia, or in Tacoa, Georgia, we'd love to see you on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Enjoy today's message, and remember, we love you, Tacoa. Fire, that's what we need. We need fire of the Holy Spirit. That's what we need. Just like a fish is condemned to live in water, it's like us, we are condemned to live in the presence of God. Just like, just like a bird flying through the air, and the, that bird cannot exist without air, it's for us human beings that we were, exi- we're born and created to be in the presence of God. Just like a tree planted in the ground, and, it, and that tree needs the nutrients from the from the, from the soil, from the ground, it's the same thing for us as a human being that we were created to be in the presence of God. Without the presence of God, mankind is doomed. We were created to live in his presence. We were born to live in his presence. Just like when you cut a tree from the main tree and that tree is dying and slowly, it's the same way for the human being because we're no longer connected to God. We are dying slowly and slowly and slowly. Yes, you may look green now, but one day you're going to die because the reason is we were never born to live outside the presence of God. Somebody say amen. We were doomed to live in the presence of God. We need the Holy Spirit to change us, to mold us, to guide us. You need the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, you cannot live. You cannot live a true Christian life. Let me say that again. Without the Holy Spirit, without the power of God, without the presence of God living inside of your life, you will never, let me say this again, if you miss that, you will never, you will never live the potential what God has intended you for you to live with outside of his presence. Somebody say amen. We need the Holy Spirit this morning. I need the Holy Spirit this morning. You need the Holy Spirit this morning. Somebody, somebody say amen. Luke 3.16 says, this is what it says. Watch this verse. Then I'm, this, is what, this is where I'm going this morning. This is what John says. This is, this is what Jesus said. He said, I indeed, Baptist, John the Baptist talking. He said, he's talking about Jesus coming. He said, I indeed baptize you with water. But one mightier than I, he's talking about Jesus. He's coming. And who send those strap I'm not worthy to, to lose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit with fire. John is telling the disciples somebody is going to come. And his name is Jesus. And he is going to baptize you with the fire of God. Like, just like I said, you need the Holy Spirit to change you. Good intention cannot can, good intention is not enough. Self-will, you think you can't live this Christian life by yourself, is not enough. Good motivational speaking cannot help you to live that Christian life by yourself. You need the power of the Spirit of God inside of you. Without the Spirit of God, you are weak. You, are, you, you can't live that lifestyle that God has called you to do. Mental decision is not enough. If you think you can't live that Christian life with your own strength, with your own power, you cannot do it. You need the power of the Spirit. Being religious, just because you go to church, doesn't mean you can live this lifestyle. You need the power of God. Just because you give your tithe, doesn't mean you, you, you can live this lifestyle. You need the power of the Spirit. Just because you're lost and you're so and so, doesn't mean you can't live this lifestyle. Somebody say amen. You need the Holy Spirit to change you. Somebody say amen. amen. You need the Holy Spirit to change you. The Bible described the Holy Spirit as fire. That's what John was saying. He described one of the, one of the adjectives, one of the ways the Bible described the Holy Spirit is fire. Fire molds us. If you don't know fire, fire molds. Fire change. 
Fire take impurities out. Fire cleanses. If you want to get changed, get in the fire this morning. If you want to blaze with passion, with love in your heart, get in the fire. If you want to live, if you want to start living a shallow Christian life, get in the fire. God did not call you to live an ice cream fuzzy Christian lifestyle. Let me say that again. God did not call you to live a fuzzy feel good, ice cream cold and comfortable Christianity lifestyle. God did not call you. He called you to be ablaze with passion. He called you to be on fire for them. Not, not fat cats. No, God is calling to be a warrior to be on fire for them. And you cannot be passionate without the Holy Spirit. You can't have love in your heart without the power of those people. You cannot live this lifestyle without the power of those people. Somebody say amen. I can load up this morning. Somebody say amen. God did not call you to be an ice cream Christian. If, there's ever, if there is ever a time for us to be on fire in this 21st modern day century Christian world we're living right now, it's, it's now that we need to be on fire. The Bible says in Mark 16, ask in the scripture, watch this, Mark 16. This is, this is what it says. He says, this is Jesus talking with the disciples before, you, before they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. And God is giving a clear direction, a clear picture. This is a clear picture how the disciples were before they got filled with the Spirit. Watch this. I'll watch this. Listen to this. And this is Mark 16. You can check it. He said, when they heard that Jesus was alive, they heard, they heard the truth. They heard Jesus was alive. And she had seen him. Did not believe. He told me the disciple. After all these years, after three years, God told him, hey, I'm going to be raised from the dead. Those disciples did not believe. Let's go to the second verse. Afterward, again, second time, Jesus appeared in a different form to the two of them while they were walking in the country. And these returned and reported to the rest. But they did not believe them. After all that experience, the disciple still had doubt in their heart about Jesus. And Jesus says, watch this, he appeared to them later on. After all that experience, he commissioned them to go to the world. He said, hey, guys, later Jesus appeared to the 11. As they were eating, he rebuked them. He said, you guys, what is wrong with you? This is Jesus talking to them. For their lack of faith, they didn't believe and the stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him and after he had risen. They didn't believe. Jesus said, guys, I've been with you for three years and a half. You saw everything that I told you. You saw me did miracle. You saw the glow. You saw everything. And, 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 and he said, how can you do this? And after that verse, put the next verse. Jesus says, before Jesus went to heaven, and he's eating with the disciples. This is the same story. Before he left, he said, he said, once he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sent you with the gift as he promised. As I told you before, John, John was baptized with water, but in just a few days, we were baptized with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus commanded them to, to go preach the gospel. In my white mind, I would say, Jesus, how, why will you invite those guys to preach, to go to the world, to tell about you? Don't you see they didn't believe what you said? Come on, Jesus. Peter denied you, Jesus. Come on, man. In front of, in front, in front of the little girl, she, 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 he denied you three times. Jesus, you going to give him that mission to tell the whole world? About, about you, you need to find somebody else. Those guys clearly not qualified. They didn't stick with you when things was crazy. They hide. They left you all by yourself. And you're going to let them to go tell the world about you? Come on, Jesus. Come on, man. Come on. You can't. That's the biggest mission. You can't. 
allowed those guys to preach the gospel because with my own eyes, with their own self, they know they were incapable of doing that. But Jesus, if I was there, Jesus probably said, James, just wait. Why are you jumping the the steps? Stay. Watch the story. And Jesus told him, hey, guys, I know you're weak. I know you're incapable to stand when somebody trying to kill your life. When the whole world is going to turn against you, the biggest government in the world is going to persecute you. There's no way with your own strength that you can stand and fight this. You're going to need something else, somebody else to help you. And that's what he said. He said, do not leave this place. Do not go do this thing without. I know you see as many miracles. You even see me risen from the dead. You ate with me, but that's not enough to hold you. You getting this? This is not enough. You see all the miracles that I did, but when they're trying to run after you, they're trying to say to deny me, to say you don't know me, there's got to be something more than just mine. It has to be something deep inside of you. It is the same thing for us today. The gospel cannot be only here because a lot of us are doing this thing here and not here and we're not filled with the power of God. That's why we cannot leave the the call of God, what God has called us to do. Are you getting this this morning? And that's why you need the Holy Spirit. That's why you need those because when those Spirit come, it changed those guys. It changed the disciple. Remember, fire changed you, fire molds you, and that's what the fire did. The Bible said when the fire came down that day, it changed their life. It changed Peter. It changed the disciple. You see, fire takes something raw. It takes something that's out of shape and put it in the right shape. You see that rice and beans right here? If I try to eat it, or that spaghetti, which I love spaghetti, by the way, with meatballs. Somebody say amen. With good, 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 good sauce. Uh, you know, good tomato sauce. Legit. Not those fake stuff. Where's Faleka? <laughs> He's speaking about food. But look at this rice. Look at the spaghetti. It's raw. I can eat it. In the normal form, this spaghetti, I can chew it. Because if I chew it, I'm going I'm to bleed over in my mouth. But the only way I can eat this, the only way I can have a good rice and beans, with, 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 tastes so good with some good spice in it, right? With some chicken. It has to go to the fire. What does the fire do? The fire changes it. It molds it. It makes the spaghetti and that rice edible. It makes the rice edible. It changed the raw into something we can eat. Those guys, they were raw. They were uncut. They were rough because Peter was right there. He was ready to cut you. But when the Holy Spirit came, that weakness he had, he became strong. He had power to stand. He said, I don't care if you kill me. I don't care if you chase me. I don't care who it is. If it's Nero, if the woman on prayer, I'm going to be able to stand and say, preach the gospel. Somebody say amen. amen. That's what fire does. It makes you edible. It, makes, it, it, it takes that unedible thing to make it, to make it to make easy. That's the process of the fire. You cannot go through fire. You cannot be filled with the spirit. You still the same. You stay the same way. Because once you touch by the fire, you are changed. The potential was here. Nothing changed with that. The potential of the rice was here. The rice was here, but it was unusable. It was raw. But the moment the fire touched it, the moment the Holy Spirit comes inside of our life, now, some of us, some of you, the reason you cannot reach your family is because you are raw. It's because you are uncut. Because you have not been touched by the fire. You have a bad taste. You, 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 every time, everywhere you go, it's like, man, 
What is wrong? You say, you want me to go to church? And I heard you just cussing somebody else across the street? You are raw. You uncut. And that's why you need the Holy Spirit to change you. The potential was here. A lot of us has potential. But because we don't let the fire of God touch our lives, because we don't let the fire of God touch our lives, we're not ready to be served. Because the world is hungry and God wants to serve us to tell people that Jesus loved them. She's pretty, but there's no fire. He's good looking, but there's no fire. It's a nice building, but there's no fire. It's a good message, but there's no fire. A nice building, $15 million building, but nobody ever gets saved there because there's no fire. There's no fire. Yes, the song maybe, it feels good, but there's no fire. There's no fire. There's no fire. There's no fire. The church looks nice. We have all the latest gadget, but there's no fire. Nobody's getting delivered. Nobody's getting filled with the Spirit of God because there's no fire. I'm asking you today, do you need the fire of God in your life? Because some of us are raw, and God said, I want to pour out his fire upon you because today he wants to use it to reach somebody else. Somebody say amen. Amen. Oh, we need the power of the Spirit this morning. The fire molds us this morning. The American church is in the mess it is today. And I'm talking online right now because there's no fire. There's no difference between an unsaved and saved person. And the reason is because there's no fire. Because there's no fire. The world is cold. It's dying in their sin. And the church is dying with coldness. I, I read a story a couple of weeks ago. They said somebody died at the church for three hours. Nobody knew. Because nobody talks to nobody there. The frozen chosen. For three hours, she sit in the, in the, at the church. And nobody knew she I wonder how many of us, yeah, we physically, but spiritually, we are dead. Sitting at church every Sunday, but there's no fire. And God is asking you this morning, do you want to be a different husband? Get in the fire. If you're looking for a good boyfriend, Make sure they have the fire. If you're looking for a good wife, make sure they have the fire. If you're looking for a church online, wherever you are, make sure there's fire in there. Because if there's no fire, there's no change. Somebody say amen. Where there's no fire, there's no change. Somebody say amen. Moses, think about it. Moses, think about that. Think about this. Watch this, watch this. Moses was a, name, was a, was a prince of Egypt. Dude was loaded. He had 15 Tesla. That's not true. That's my story. <laughs> Moses had a calling on his life. He had the potential. He was a great leader. He, the Bible says he was educated in all the wisdom of Egypt. Egyptian, the Egyptians were ahead of the game. Those guys knew what they were. They were smart in math. They were doing stuff. Not, until this day, we're trying to figure out how to do it. The potential was there. But the Bible says Moses, with all that raw potential, he felt he had a calling in his life, and he killed somebody. That potential was there, but he could not use it because he didn't have an, an interaction. There were no fire. But the Bible said one day David, Moses is watching. He's, he's looking at the, she, the sheep, and, and he saw fire. And he went to that fire, and he spoke. God spoke to him. He had an encounter with that fire. Remember Moses, the anger guy, the dude could not control his temper. And the Bible says Moses was the meekest person. At the end of his life, in his bio, God said he was the meekest person I ever lived. It's a contradiction of why Moses was before he met the fire, before he experienced the fire. He had an anger problem, but the moment he experienced the fire, God changed Moses. Fire changes. Somebody say amen. Let me get to my second point. Fire changes. His presence reveals impurities. Not only that, the Bible says, the Bible says, when we get, when, when, we, when, we, when, we, when we have an experience with fire, when you're doing, a, when, when you're trying to get the real goal, when they put in the fire, the impurities, all the, all the fake stuff comes out. Watch this story. This is a guy in the Bible who experienced the fire. 
Isaiah 6. He says, in the here, and we're going to read it because some of you need to read your Bible because you don't read your Bible at home. So when you come here, I'm going to make sure you read the Bible. Somebody saying that. <laughs> oh, in the here of King Uzziah, death, this is Isaiah talking. Isaiah was a prophet already. He was talking for God. And the Bible says, are you, are you, are you tracking with me? Are you here this morning? Somebody say Amen. He says, in the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw a Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. And he said, I saw seraphim, they're flying. Those big angels, you know, they got so many wings. You know, they're weird, you know, stuff happened. Trust me, you don't want to see an angel. If somebody said they see an angel, they talk about it like it's nothing, they're lying. They just ate too much that night. Let me... Maybe Pizza Hut or Domino's Pizza. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, seraphim flying, and they stand above him. And, each, and this guy is describing the vision he's having. Stay with me. Stay focused. He's describing the vision he's having. He's describing what he saw in heaven. Remember, he was a prophet already. And each have six wings. With two, with two each cover his face. And which two, they have six wings. And, and with two each cover his feet. And two each they flew in. And one, call out, and one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of armies. The whole, the, the whole earth is full of his glory, and the foundation of the threshold trembled at the voice of him who called out. While the temple was filling with smoke, then I said, Who to me? Just pay attention. Basically, he said, Man, I, I'm jacked up. That's the 21st English. For I'm messed up. I'm ruined because I've seen God's glory. Because I'm a man of unclean lips. Remember, this guy was a prophet. He already wrote six chapters. Think about that. He already wrote six chapters in the book. He was pointing fingers at those people. God's going to bust your tail if you don't repent. He's going to hit you with a brick. That's the ghetto version. Until we see the white meat. <laughs> Let me stand up. Let me stand up. And he said, he said, man, I'm messed up because I'm a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king of glory. Then, this is where it happened. He described what happened. While he's there, because he realized he messed up. And then one of the seraphim flew him, took a burning coal fire. And he touched his lips. He touched the burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongues. He touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your guilt is taken away, and the atonement is made for your sin. Isaiah was changed when he was touched by the fire. The moment he got into God's presence, he saw how jacked up he was. His presence, the moment he was in God's presence, he was changed. Paul was changed the moment he encountered God on the road of Damascus. The moment he had that encounter with fire, he was changed. One of the things the Bible called the Holy Spirit, put John 6 verse 18 for me, John, John 16 verse 8. He said, when the Spirit comes, and this is where we messed up the 21st modern century. We don't talk about that. They don't want the Holy Spirit. And the reason they don't speak, that's why people, nobody's repenting. Nobody's changing. Because if you take, them, if you take those spirit out, nobody convicted with their sin. Nobody see that they, they have a need to change. He said, when he has come, this is what he says. The first job of the Holy Spirit is conviction, is to show you that I need to be changed. One of the first things the Holy Spirit does when he comes, he said, man, that's what the Bible says. That's his job. He said, when, I, when he has come, he will convict the world about sin, about righteousness, and about judgment, about sin, because they don't believe in me. Where there's no Holy Spirit, there's no change. Where there's no fire, there's no change. The modern-day church, and I need to say that, the seeker-sensitive movement, if you don't know what that is, it's basically when you go to church, they don't talk about sin. And you better, that better raise an alarm to you. 
If you go to church for years, you never hear anything about sin, about the Holy Spirit, about the devil. You better bust out. Get out. The modern day church said, we can't be too direct with the people because they're too direct. They're not going to come. Don't say anything that offends them. Don't talk about sin. Don't talk about the Holy Spirit. Don't talk about the devil. A lot of motivational speaking. You're great. You're good to go. Everything is perfect. I don't need to change. And the reason they preach that is because there's no fire. It's because the Holy Spirit is not welcome. When Isaiah showed up to that temple, the moment he showed up, the moment he experienced God's presence, he realized, man, I need to be changed. The moment he experienced God's presence, he said, oh, I am undone. The, the only way you can know who you really are, the true I am who you are, is only when you're in God's presence. The moment he stepped into God's presence, he said, I am messed up. No longer I'm looking at other people, but my life needs to be changed. I am unclean. The, the only way you can really know you or your true identity is when you're in the presence of God. A lot of us are looking for our identity in other places, but you will never find your identity anywhere else. Some of you are finding your identity in drugs and alcohol, whatever it is, but you will never find who you truly are outside the presence of God. Yes. You know why you're prideful? Do you know why you're so pride? You're so prideful. Nobody can talk to you. Nobody can tell you no. Nobody can. You, you think you know all. It's because you have not been in the presence of God. Look at uh, Paul. Paul said, I'm so educated. I have more degrees than all of you. Who are you to tell me about God? But the moment he had that experience, that encounter, and God kicked him out of his high horse, and he fell on the floor, Paul said, man, I thought I knew everything. Look at him. I messed up. Some of you need to get kicked out of your high horse this morning. You think you know everything. That's why as men, Men, because we deal with the pride. I'm going to hit the women too, trust me. I'm going to get there. <laughs> we are very prideful. Wife can tell us nothing. Nobody can tell you nothing. You're going to do whatever you want to do. You're acting like you're 16, still playing Xbox. Oh. You're a grown man playing games. <laughs> Come on, man. Spending money where you can spend money on your kids. 500 bucks on PlayStation. Okay, let, let me jump over this thing. Because I may get shot after service. You're still a child. You're still a kid. You have still all the same jersey from high school. Yeah, it's been 30 years you left high school. You're not the, you're not the star. You remember who I was? Nobody talked to me. And the reason is, get his, in his presence, you realize what's most important yeah. is spending time with the Father. Oh, let's jump to the ladies' side. You see, men deal with pride. Men deal with ladies deal with mouth. Yeah. That's a problem right there. You ever met any women that say, I will not work for another woman? Okay, maybe, maybe. Have you ever met anybody that said, man, I will not work for another woman? Yeah. At work. Because they cut each other so much. <laughs> okay, you see, that's what people, people don't like me. That's what he's at, he's at, I get into your business. He said, I'm not going to work for another woman. This is, that lady is crazy. She got emotions like that. Monday she was fine, Tuesday she want to blow my head off. 
what did I do? <laughs> and God is saying, because our mouth has women, we need God to touch our mouth with the fire. Because our mouth is a big gate to bless people or curse people. Yeah. Somebody say amen. amen. Are you here with me this morning? I'm trying to finish. I mean, I'm already, wow. Okay. His presence helped us to discover we, who we are. The moment you encounter the presence of God, you will change because fire changes. Fire leads us to repentance. His presence, the reason there's no tears. Tears are a, 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 a liquid word. Is that how I say that? I'm trying to say it in French. Tears are liquid words. When you're in the presence of God, you, 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 you have tears in your eyes. It's a sign of repentance. You don't even have to say anything. Somebody say, man, we need the fire. Third thing, fire kills disease. I read this last night from, from, from the California uh, website. You know, there's been a lot of fire. They have a, they have a website, uh, californiafire.government. Watch this. One thing the guy said, yes, they don't like the fire. But they say, we like fire, but we don't like fire. We like fire, we don't like fire. But one of the reasons they say they like fire in California, they say it's important if they can control it. This is what the guy says. You can check the website. He said, fire kills disease and insects that prey on trees and provide valuable nutrients. That's not that one. That's not that one. Keep that one. Uh, more trees die each year from insects. And infestation and disease from fire. You hear that? A lot of trees die because of insects, because of bugs. So, so when the fire comes, they said it destroyed that part of the tree where, the, where those bugs are eating it. And because of the fire, burn the cover of that tree. It provides, after a while, it provides, it rejuvenates that tree because of the fire. Oh, let's get to, let's, let me get to your house. Let's talk about flies. We talked about that last week. They say flies carry almost 65 diseases. Some of you are going to go home tonight and spray, right? They say house flies carry almost 65 types of disease, including Typhoid fever, anthrax, leprosy, cholera, stomach bugs. You see, flies carry those diseases with them, and flies carry those things four ways. They carry it to their wings when they jump into some nasty stuff and they jump over your food to their wings, you know. Not only that, to their feet. And some of them, they, when they eat it, when they, when they jump over your food, not only they, it comes out both ways. They vomit and the other way. <laughs> so make sure that I don't eat anything not cold, not hot, because that's a danger. Here's the problem. Flies don't jump over cold food. Over hot food, they only land on cold food. That's mean. If the Holy Spirit is not living inside of you, you're on fire for Jesus. The enemy, which we know the Bible described, Beelzebub, the Lord of the Fly. Are you getting this this morning? Because one of the things that Holy Spirit does, he says, convict you from sin, but I didn't put that verse there in Galatians. He said, he said, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit helps you to live holy. Helps you to live right. So when you live right, the enemy doesn't have access to your life. Because the enemy is flies. And when you are not on fire for Jesus, those flies never stop. Father said that yesterday. He said, flies always circle around. They're waiting for the moment the food gets cold so they can land. They mean always looking at opportunity. What does the Bible say? He's like a, he, he, he rode around trying to find an opportunity to attack. So you're not on fire. 
The enemy always looking a way to land on your life. That is why you need to be on fire for Jesus. That's why you need the Holy Spirit for you to be ablaze with the fire of God. Somebody say amen. Nobody's saying that. I guess, I, I guess everybody's going to get flies now. You will never see a fly jump to a hot stove, to a hot meal, because it's on fire. And that's why today we need, as a church, we have an enemy out there who wants to bring everything he can do to destroy your life. Everything he can do to destroy your life. To destroy your life because that's what he does. He's waiting for an opportunity. Then come share your story. And then we'll close after that. Give them a mic. Stay in the mood. Somebody get the kid for him. Dan's gonna show you story. Because I'm telling you, the moment you don't let the Holy Spirit fill your life. You're on fire for Jesus. That he guides you. That he guides you. That he leads you. Right now. You will never experience his presence. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Come on, let's give him let's give let's give him a hand. Then I got a few questions I want to ask you. Then we're gonna close. Yeah, you can put you can put the chair on top for them. We're gonna take we're gonna take a few minutes. Then how long have you been coming here then? Um, since October, November of last year. Um, Dan's gonna share his little bit of testimony. I want you to hear that because God told me today, as they're getting ready for them, He said, "There's somebody here that needs to hear that story." There's somebody here, God wants to do something. Today's your day. And I believe God wants to do something in your life. I believe God wants to break some things over your life. Because the enemy has put so much stuff in your heart, in your life. Just like I talk about the flies. And he wants to destroy us. Then, let me, where's my notes? Then tell us about how was your life before you came here? Six months, a year ago? How long have you guys been coming here? Um, seven, about eight or nine months. Couple months. Couple months. So then, tell us how was, how was life before you met Jesus? It was empty. It was dark, angry. I mean, I, I was in and out of jail battling addiction for years. I mean, ever since I was 14 years old, I've been battling addiction. And just had no vision, no hope. No, I didn't believe in God. I, I argued with my wife day in, day out about God existing. And every time she hit me with something about this is why God's real, I had 10 arguments to say he wasn't. It was just dark. It was suicide. I mean, I was suicidal. I was suicidal. Um, I actually attempted suicide more than once. Tell, tell me, you told me a story um, last couple of times. You said there was one day, you remember when you tried to share that? Yeah. Uh, well, me and my wife, we were going through a lot of, prob a lot of problems. We were ending. And I went on, I left, she was at her parents' house, I went back to our house and did some drugs and alcohol and I put a gun to my head. And I called my wife, I said, tell the kids I love them and I love you. And she was just laughing and she was like, what are you talking about? And as I was pulling the trigger, my second oldest son, Mason, he said, mommy, is that daddy? And when I heard that, I moved the gun and the bullet. I threw the gun 
hung up the phone and threw it and just laid there like, what? How did I get this low? And I mean, I, that was at my, I was at the end, I was done. And I just laid there on the floor, just laid there and laid there and cussed God. Like, just, it was, it was, it was, it was crazy. And I don't know why I moved the gun, but I, I got the gun and I sold it and I don't like owning guns now just because of the enemy. He tries to use your weak spots as a place to attack you and he, he will, he hits hard. He about took me out more than once. Casey, tell us about, you told me about, before we are coming here, um, the depression stuff how was life before you came here uh, I had a really bad depression um, and then I started looking for a church and I ended up here God let me here and so you were dealing you, you told me you were dealing with depression heavy you took so many medication and, and what did the doctor say to you um, I've tried like five different medications and it always made things worse. Uh, and then when I would tell her like it's worse, it's getting worse, she would up the dosage, like make it higher. And so I just stopped taking it. I wouldn't take it. Um, how, how was your marriage? How was your marriage? How, how was your marriage? Was really bad. <laughs> you told me how you guys used to hate each other. You were telling me that yesterday. Fought like, I mean, I would say cats and dogs, but that's an understatement. I mean, she was in a dark place, and I didn't know how to help. I just added fuel to the fire and put a lot on her, and never took anything from her. Never took any tried taking any weight off. I mean, she's she's if I would say so, she's tried killing me. <laughs> But I won't go into details, but um, <laughs> it, it, was, it was ending. It was, I mean, we were just going through motions for the kids. We have four kids together and a fifth one on the way. And, you know, our, our kids seen a lot of stuff that I don't wish on anybody's kids to see. And they always say, Mommy, we don't want you and Daddy to split up. And they don't say that no more. Um, when she started coming here I didn't I didn't come the first time I was I went out and flattened the tires on our car just so she couldn't come and just because I didn't I just didn't believe that there was a greater power a, just something that could take everything away um, and it, it's it's amazing what God has done for my family and the the turnaround he did because if I didn't come here when we did in, back in November, I probably won't be sitting here today talking on the mic. Um, I was going downhill. My wife was battling depression and we were just, we were dead, we were dead. And yeah, I mean, we came here and God led my wife here and Pastor James was talking with my wife when she first came and because I was dealing with a lot of stuff and he, <laughs> he told my wife, he said, if you don't get your husband here, I'm gonna come to your house. <laughs> and knowing him, how I know him now, I, I'm about 90%, 99% sure he would have showed up at my house. <laughs> so tell us how, how, how things, and I know guys, you're still in the process, but God has done some amazing things in your life. You told me how you, you, can't, you can't stay away you, the love and the way you, the love yeah, is. Yeah, like, there was, like I said before, in our marriage, there was no love. And I mean, we've been together 10 years. And for the first, well, after the first year, it went from the second year to like the seventh year. I mean, we were, I don't know how we're still here. I don't know how we're still together, but if we just, it was like God was keeping us together because we were both wanting to end. We were both wanting to just go our separate ways, do our own thing. And, but I guess that's where these guys come in. And um, they're, they, they're what kept us together, but, Ever since we started coming here, I mean, I, I, I just, I love my wife. And I mean, 
I used to like get off work and I'd stay out. I wouldn't come home. I'd stay out till three in the morning, two in the morning, four in the morning, out all night. Just wouldn't come home to her when she needed me the most. I would just, but now I can't wait to get home. I mean, I'm, I'm doing 80 and a 35 just to get home. <laughs> um, Casey, tell us what, 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 what does God mean to you now? After everything you went through, the hell you went through, the way God healed you of that depression. What God's, what God, what does God mean to you now? Um, everything. Like, <laughs> I don't ever want to go back to that place. And then, what does God mean to you? I, there's no words to describe it. Yeah, God went from being a nothing and a nobody and a figment of people's imagination to my life like when I go to bed I'm, I'm just thinking about God and how I can just help other people turn to him and because coming from me I mean people that know me know that I was a very 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 mean person I, I just I didn't care about anything didn't, didn't care if I died didn't care if I, if I killed someone I mean I fought and fought just to hurt people just because I enjoyed doing it. But now I don't, I don't want to fight. The only thing I want to fight is getting God's word out there because there's people out there that have to hear it. And I mean, it's, you have to go through it to understand. Like I've been through deliverance. By no means I'm nowhere near where I need to be, but I'm further than I was yesterday. And I just, I just want to keep praising him and, and working doing God's works and with the help of the church I'm I'm further down the path than I was amen put the last thing I put there about the fire one of the reasons you need to be on fire the last the last quote about the California fire I think um, this is what this is about the fire the, that's the, from the California government this is why they say they need the fire it's what they, they, they're desperate. They say we have to have fire. That's what he says. He says, new generation change is important to a healthy forest. Some species of trees and plants are actually fire dependent. They, mo they must have fire every three to 25 years in order for life to continue. Some trees have fire resistant bark and cones that require heat to open and release the seed. What does that tell us? The reason if you don't care about yourself, if you don't care about yourself, if you don't care about your life, you ruin your life, whatever, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But one of the reasons our heart at this church, we said we don't want religion, we don't want to play church, we want to serve God, we want to experience the fire because of my kids. The reason you can't take the risk to not to be on fire is because if you're not on fire, the next person always go further, good or bad. And I look at my kids in the day we live in right now, I say, I have to be on fire. If they can get a glimpse of the glory of God, I know their life will never, there's nothing I can say, but when they experience the fire of God, it will forever change. And I'm asking you today as church, if you're parents, if you're not a parents, but that's why it's important that you go after the fire because the next generation is at stake. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Love you. Let's stand up on our feet this morning. Let's raise our hand right now. Let's raise our hand right now. It's a sign of surrender. It's a sign of that I want more of Jesus.
I want more of Jesus. Father, you need more of the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit in your life. You need those before your grandkids. You need the Holy Spirit for your sons and for your daughter. Just like those trees needed, they depend on the fire for the next generation to survive. And I wonder what's, the, what's happening in America, church kids. They say this generation are leaving the church alarmingly. They don't want to do nothing with church. That's your kids. That's my kids. They say it's high. They say the moment they graduate, they go to college. They want to stay away. And the reason is there's no fire. How's your fire? Do you even have a fire in your life? And that's why church, that's why we don't play church here. We say we're going to do church. We're not perfect, but we say we're going to pursue God 100%. We're going to be on our face crying out to him because we need the fire of the spirit, especially in the cold world that we're living right now. The world is cold. Come on, church, raise your hand right now. Oh, I need the fire. Lord, I need your fire this morning. Oh, I need your fire this morning. Oh, God, we need your fire. Oh, we need to fire the Holy Spirit. Come on, church, with your own voice. Oh, we need the fire for our kids. Send your fire. Send your fire. Send your fire, Jesus. Send your fire. Send your fire this morning. Send your fire this morning. Send your fire this morning. Send your fire this morning over us, over our marriage, over our lives, over our kids. You see, his life was changed. You think this, uh, you really think this, this was all about him? Think about if his life did not change. The kids, the damages without a dad. Without a mother. Because that's what the enemy is doing. He's trying to destroy families with depression, with anxiety. He's trying to destroy wrecked marriages. That's what he's doing. But thank God, not us, but he came to a church that believes in the fire. We said we're going to fight for him. We're going to bring the fire down on him if he doesn't come. That's what we said. We said we're going to do. And he's here today. He's giving testimony. Come on, let's raise our hand right now.